You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into Locked On Cardinals for Wednesday, October the 20th of 2021. I am Lucas Smith, your host for the show. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see my name right here along with the Twitter handle at LJFastball. Thanks for tuning in, making Locked On Cardinals your first listen of the day each and every day. Every day that you tune in, much appreciated. We're brought to you in part today by Spotify Green Room. Go ahead and download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our Locked On Rooms today. On today's episode, we're going to be kind of giving a breakdown of some of the stats that I found on the Arizona Fall League because the Cardinals do have some prospects in the Arizona Fall League. We'll also do kind of a recap on the top 10 uh, national or Cardinal prospects rather for the St. Louis Cardinals and what role they might be playing here in the 2022 season, all while keeping in mind with the fact that the new manager could have some differing philosophies on whether or not uh, they're going to rely on veterans, new guys, whether they want some outside help. That all remains to be seen. We're kind of breaking down some prospects today, breaking down some of the Arizona Fall League numbers, although a couple of them are pretty brief. Uh, some, you know, for example, Jordan Hicks only has um, one outing, so we'll, we'll break that down as, as necessary. But we're going to go ahead and get into the action today. Uh, go ahead and get into We're going to start with, with the hitters because the hitters, to me, intrigue me a lot because you have a top prospect in Nolan Gorman. Nolan Gorman is the Cardinals' number one prospect, according to MLB.com. He has done wonders hitting across all levels that he has played. You look at his minor league stats for the season in 2021, very, very solid. 279 average, 333 on base, 481 slugging for an 814 OPS, hit 25 home runs across AA and AAA, 75 runs driven in. He walked 38 times in 480 at-bats, 119 games. Uh, the, the power took a little dip in, in the AAA when, when he first went up. He played 76 games compar- in AAA compared to just 43 in AA and hit just three more home runs, 14 at triple, 11 at double. But this is a, a trend that we've seen with Nolan Gorman. Gets off to kind of, kind of a slow start, but then is able to, to adjust and, and, and make an impact for himself a little bit later on. What, what's kind of ironic there with Nolan Gorman is that he has one home run this season. His stats in five games at the Arizona Fall League, five games, 14 at-bats, a home run, three runs driven in, uh, five walks is huge. In, in five games, just 14 at-bats, a slash line of 357, 526, 571 slugging, a 1098 OPS. So again, I understand that it's just five games, but nevertheless... You know, going going five for fourteen, scoring seven runs as well is very impressive. It shows that Nolan Gorman might not just be the light tower power that that we have that we we, we come to think about when we think of Nolan Gorman. Because when you think of Nolan Gorman, at least when, when I think of Nolan Gorman, you think of all the stories of him hitting just monstrous home runs, and how he is just have an extreme amount of power. He's going to be the huge power hitter when he comes up, and he very well might be this power hitter. I'm not saying he's not going to hit for power once he hits the major leagues, but we see him drawing some walks at the Arizona Fall League. We've seen him drawing some walks at the minor leagues. He's got a great eye at the plate, hoping to get Arm Layton on this show, host of Locked on MLB Prospects, in the next couple weeks to kind of give an update on the prospects and what he has seen following the prospects across Major League Baseball every single day. So looking to, to get him on here pretty soon for maybe a little bit more in-depth of a breakdown. But th- those early numbers from Nolan Gorman are good. Uh, the, the Cardinals sent out a number of people to the Arizona Fall League. The, the list that they sent out, uh, Jordan Hicks, Lars Newtbar, top 10 prospects, Nolan Gorman, Zach Thompson, uh, in addition to Brendan Donovan, Andre Palante, Jake Walsh, and Juan Yepes. 
so it, it's it's quite a group that the Cardinals sent out there, all playing for the Glendale Desert Dogs this season. Uh, Glendale Desert Dogs are made up of the White Sox, Astros, Angels, Dodgers, and Cardinals farm systems. And I think that Nolan Gorman is just going to look for more playing time and, and more, um, more more development. He, he's one that I think when you're at the minor league level, hitting all these home runs, it can be easy to just get home run happy. You know, Gorman could be a guy that's saying, okay, I'm hitting all these huge bombs, and that's that's going to be my thing. I'm going to hit the home runs, and that, that's all I need to do is hit home runs. But now what we're seeing him hit for a little bit of a, a better average than he did early on in his career, drawing more walks than he did early on in his career. Because if you look at his his overall um Numbers, 2019, 248 the average uh, on base at 326. And then the next year, the average jumps up to 279 and the on base at 333. So the pitching changes level to level, but the power's there at pretty much every level. The average got higher from high A to, uh, from, from low A to high A rather in 2019. We're seeing improvements in a lot of different areas in Nolan Gorman's game. In addition to the fact that he can now play second base. Getting some second base reps uh, for the St. Louis Cardinals because you have another Nolan, Nolan Arenado, if you haven't heard of him, that's probably going to be occupying the hot corner for a long time coming. But also you have to think to yourself, if Nolan Gorman, you know, he produced a AAA level this season, and if he continues to produce at the Arizona Fall League at this level, and then you think to yourself, okay, the Cardinals are going to get a DH next season. And before you even make any moves, you have to bring this thought process into consideration that do we need to bring in another DH? Because maybe Nolan Gorman can be our DH. You keep Tommy Edmund at second, and you keep Nolan Arnauto at third, and have Gorman be the DH. Or you, you move Edmund over to shortstop, you move Gorman to second base, you sign a Kyle Schwarber-type player for the DH position. All these things can come into effect, but I think what Nolan Gorman is showing right now is that he can he's the real deal. He's going to produce. You know, He's, he's hit at every level. He's continuing to hit early on in the Arizona Fall League. The Glendale Desert Dogs play again tonight uh, around 6.30 local time in the Mountain Standard Time Zone. So it should be about 7 o'clock here, 7.30 uh, in the Central Time Zone. Not sure where you're watching it from. But Nolan Gorman is showing us that he's legit. He's got left-handed light tower power. He, he can hit for a high average. He draws a lot of walks to get a good sense of what the strike zone is, which is a key in today's game with how nasty some of these pitchers are. I think Gorman is just proving to, to us that, that he's ready. And if, if you want to say, well, he's not ready because he's only facing Arizona Fall League, look at what he's doing against like competition in AAA and at other minor league levels. He's he's produced. He's put up the numbers. He's put in the work. I think Gorman could contribute highly to this team in 2022. I really do. I think that he could be even farther along than a Matthew Libertor because Libertor's numbers weren't outstanying at the AAA level. And Gorman ended up having some pretty solid numbers. And it's not all about numbers. The Systems themselves know so much more about what numbers, um, what goes into the numbers, right? They have all the video and everything that they need. But Nolan Gorman, with looking at just the numbers and looking at the track record that he has put up, it's been beneficial for, for me to see that, okay, he can produce. Another Cardinal hitter that I'm going to talk about, Lars Newtbar, who, who has four games, 16 at-bats, four runs scored. He's got three home runs, five RBI, walked twice, struck out six times, slash line 250, 368, 813, an OPS of 1.81, or 1.181, 1,181. So he's in for a lot more power. I think this is something, and this is something that he's talked about, that he, he's always had kind of a very level swing. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see the level that I'm kind of doing, kind of old-fashioned bat-to-ball mentality. I think he wants some more power in his game, and he, he's, he's showing that not only that does he does he say, because a lot of people can, can say, that, yeah, I want more power, I want more more this and that, but then that the swing stays the same and nothing really changes. Lars Newtbar is showing that he has the ability to change and that he has the ability to hit for more power. And that is when the Cardinals 
really, really need off the bench. Because I don't think, barring any injury, knock on wood, the Cardinal outfield opening day in 2022 will be Tyler O'Neill in left, Harrison Bader in center, and Dylan Carlson in right. I have zero problems with that. I thought that outfield will be fine in 2022. But you need a fourth outfielder. And Lars Nupar had his moments in, in the regular season in 2021. Don't get me wrong, but you know, at that point in time, was he going to be a full-time fourth outfielder? It was questionable. But if you have somebody now off the bench that can play a fourth outfield spot, give those guys a day off, and now provide some power behind that, you know, you're, you're down by one, you got a runner on first base, you, you want you, two outs, you've got a pitcher spot coming up, let's send up Lars Newpark because he can hit one out of the ballpark. I don't think we had a lot of confidence in Lars Newpark hitting one out of the ballpark in 2021 because the, the swing just wasn't designed for that. And if you look at his numbers uh, across the regular season in, in the minor leagues o- over his career, the, the type of swing that he has sh- shows that out. He's been playing the minor since 2018. Uh, he has not hit more than seven home runs in a season. He hit two in 2018. He hit seven across three different levels in 2019, five of those seven coming um, at an A ball in Peoria. And then 2019 at the AAA level, he had a very, very solid numbers of 308, 404, 496 slash line, so getting on base at a very high clip, and a 900 OPS, but six home runs. Six home runs and 117 at-bats is solid. Don't get me wrong, but that that swing just wasn't going to be designed for a lot of home runs. So if he can keep the the approach to the plate the same in terms of still having that high on-base percentage, because a 404 on-base percentage is remarkable. He slugged 496 and had an OPS of 900, so he's getting on base and he's getting extra base hits because in addition to those six home runs, had two doubles and a triple. So the power was starting to come around a little bit for Nupar this season, and he's continued that progress into the Arizona Fall League. The Arizona Fall League is all about development. And right now, Nolan Gorman and Lars Nupar are showing the St. Louis Cardinals that they can develop, and that they are developing at a, at a good enough rate, and that they, that they know what they're doing, and that, and that they, they, they can produce and be positive, positives for this team moving forward, and that they, they can both contribute to this team. Because I think it was in question as to whether or not Nolan Gorman and Lars Nupar would make the opening day roster. If they continue to put up numbers like this and you know the, the signings and the offseason works out in their favor, Nolan Gorman and Lars Nupar very well could be on the opening day roster. And the fact that you just have a person named Lars Nupar on your roster, that, that's just a plus no matter what, what kind of skill he brings to the table. Uh, but nevertheless, if, if he's able to have that awesome name, awesome personality, and produce, he made a couple of fine catches in the outfield as well. Defense seems to be um, average to above average. That's a great bench bet that the Cardinals haven't had. Because, yeah, you had Matt Carpenter off the bench, but then you didn't really have too many power options behind Matt Carpenter to come in and say, hey, okay, come in and hit a home run. And not that every bench player needs to be able to hit the home run ball, but you need to have a couple. Because even if you want to say Andrew Kidner's got some power, you're not going to pinch at your catcher in the seventh inning of a game because then if Yadi gets hurt or if you need, need game goes to extras, then you got no backup catcher except for your emergency catcher and Mundo Sosa. You know, Paul DeYoung had a little bit of power, but that, that that's streaky at, at best in my opinion. So do you really trust him to come off the bench because he can really carry a team over a stretch of time, but it's not really controlled power. It's just kind of when it comes, it comes. So I think Newbar and Gorman, you know, if the Cardinals need to – you know, have him more as a bench role, which I don't think they're going to do. I think they're going to bring him up whenever he's ready to play full-time. Then you have two, um, one to two options off the bench on an off day. Uh, if Gorman's having an off day, and then you got an option off the bench there for power. Same thing with Newbar being the fourth outfielder. These guys are putting up solid numbers early in the Arizona Fall League. And again, you can kind of fall into the trap of looking too much into the numbers in the Arizona Fall League, just like you can looking too much into the numbers in spring training. 
But just just looking at the numbers, if you want to go by just the numbers, which I wouldn't recommend, um, they're solid. And I'm not right now looking at the numbers this season as well as the past seasons and, and, and readings and things of that nature of how they're looking at the plate and how they're producing, and it's been very solid. And offensively, that's what, that's what the Cardinals need. They need players to continue to produce and develop. So that's going to do it for, for the hitting side of the Arizona Fall League update. you got two pitchers to talk about um, for the St. Louis Cardinals side, Jake Walsh and Jordan Hicks. Jordan Hicks working his way back from injury. That's why he was able to um, join the Arizona Fall League roster uh, due, due to injury. So we'll go ahead and talk about those two gentlemen as well as do a recap of the prospect list coming up here in just a moment, but first I do want to tell you guys about our title sponsor today, and that is Green Room. Green Room is the first audio social platform made for sports fans just like you. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with other fans, athletes, insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like yourself on the Green Room app for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news of rumors. You can find Locked On hosts across MBA, MLB, and the NHL channels. To go download the free Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices, create a profile, link your Twitter, join the MLB group for the latest league updates, and be sure to follow me at LJFastball. I know you will also find a ton of other incredible Locked On Rooms. Download the Green Room app today. Green Room is changing the way we talk sports. Let's take a recap of the Cardinals' top prospects, uh, top 30 prospects according to uh, MajorLeagueBaseball.com, MLB.com. Top three are three names that we are very familiar with. Nolan Gorman, Matthew Libertor, Jordan Walker. Mason Wynn is the fourth. He's a shortstop. Joshua Baez is an outfielder who the Cardinals just drafted recently, 18-year-old. Michael McGreevy, Cardinals also just drafted him recently. He's 21. Ivan Herrera, the seventh. Zach Thompson, the eighth. Malcolm Nunez, Nick Plummer round out the top ten. Uh, Delvin Perez, somebody who had some, some success at the AA level. Luke and Baker had success at the AAA level. They are 13 and 14, respectively. We saw Angel Rodon, or Rondon, excuse me, the, the right-handed pitcher, make a, a couple of appearances. Brendan Donovan's getting a lot of looks at the AAA level. You have a lot of good things to like about this, this top 30 lineup, including Juan Yepes, who just tore it up to close out the regular season. Ali Sanchez, we also saw some time as well whenever Molina went down. So a lot of names that, that we, we can be familiar with as, as Cardinal followers and, and, and people who, who are paying attention to see who's, who's coming up next. Who is the next guy that, that is, that's coming? Um, be, because it very well could be a Nolan Gorman, a Matthew Libertor, um, an Ivan Herrera, a Zach Thompson, you know, some of those top 10 guys. But it could as, as well be an, a, a Juan Yepes, somebody who tore it up to close out the season, as I mentioned, just an absolute um, unbelievable uh, 2021. He's, he's, he's a little bit on, on the older side, Mr. Yepes, but he's been playing since 2015 at the professional level. Um, outfield first baseman, 23, so a little bit older in ter- just in terms of the rookie, but he started young. His numbers at Memphis were incredible. 92 games, um, 382 on base, 589 slugging. He had 22 home runs, a 289 average, and 63 runs driven in. He tore it up. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate that he's, he's playing outfield in first base. So two positions that are very backed up right now. But, you know, somebody that if you want to maybe mold somebody into a first baseman that, that would to replace gold, but that would be incredible. Somebody that is not in the top 30 that is on the Cardinals roster or is on the Glendale 
Desert Dogs roster. That is a Cardinal Jake Walsh. He's so far on the season, two innings pitched, three hits, two earned runs, two walks, and two strikeouts. Um, so, so not a, an exceptional start to Jake Walsh's Arizona Fall League career here in 2021. But if you're looking at um, Jordan Hicks, he's got a hit, two runs, and two innings, a walk, and three strikeouts. Jordan Hicks is just trying to work his way back from injury. I think something for Jordan Hicks to pay attention to is not necessarily just the numbers, but saying, okay, is he going to develop himself more into back to a bullpen arm, throwing 100, just focusing on the fastball slider, or is he somebody that, who has expressed interest in doing this, but is he somebody that has the ability to go up and, and be a major league starter? Because I think ultimately that, that could be a, a role for Jordan Hicks, or even if he wants to be a starter, the Cardinals could use that as a trade bait, as a trade piece. But for, for, for Jordan Hicks, it's just going out there and finding the field for pitches again. Because that can be extremely difficult for somebody like Jordan Hicks. You know, coming back from injury, he relies a lot on field because if you can throw 100 all day long if you want. But if you're throwing 100 that is straight, Major League Baseball hitters are going to be able to hit that. You got to be able to throw. Even You know, there's an argument to be made that, that 95 with some tail is better than 100 straight. Because a player could, could swing at the 100-mile-an-hour straight and hit it pretty square. But they do that same swing at a 95 with a little tail at the end. You miss the barrel. So for him, it's going to be about how can he get the feel back? How can he develop pitches? And if he's going to try and develop to be a starter, being able to, to stretch out a little bit, stretch out into being able to throw multiple innings, develop more than just a fastball slider combo that we've seen from Jordan Hicks in the past. But this is somebody that, that is just, when he's right and when his fastball is right, he is must-see baseball without a doubt. He's must much watch television when you're on TV. If you can get down to the ballpark to watch this guy pitch, he is must watch baseball because he can light up a radar gun. He can make hitters look silly by having them swing at a pitch at their head because they like it, how fast it looks, or they have them diving out over the plate on a slider down and away that is just filthy. So Jordan Hicks is somebody for me that that. that needs to develop a little bit more to be a starter. And I'm not really a huge fan of him being a starter, not necessarily a knock against Jordan Hicks, but the Cardinals right now, in my opinion, are in more need of bullpen arms than they are of starters. Because you're going to have Dakota Hudson, Miles Michaelis, Jack Flaherty, Adam Wainwright already coming back as starters. Those are your four. You're also going to have Alex Reyes competing, a Zach Thompson competing, maybe even a Matthew Libertor competing. If the Cardinals sign somebody that is arguably better than anybody that I just mentioned, maybe they could go out and get a Max Scherzer. You know, maybe they get a top tier pitcher like that. Who knows? So I think that Hicks is more needed in the bullpen. You know, if the Cardinals want to go give him a shot at the starting rotation role and he, he goes out and outperforms everybody, great, start him. I got no problem with that because I think that if he's able to develop a couple more pitches off of the fastball slider, that could be deadly as well as there. But if, if he's able to control the fastball and slider alone, that could be lethal um, coming out of the bullpen. Then you got a new big three if Reyes goes as a starter. You got a new big three in Reyes, or excuse me, in Gallegos, Cabrera, and Jordan Hicks. That could be lethal in and of itself. And I'm not saying I think Giovanni Gagos could should be the closer, but if you let Hicks settle into more of a setup role, not a mop-up role, but a setup role, then that could be hugely beneficial for this bullpen because, like I said, in my opinion, this Cardinal bullpen is in more need of arms right now than the Cardinal starting rotation. Both could use some improvements, but I think that Jordan Hicks, if it were me coaching and me making the decision, I'm keeping Jordan Hicks in the bullpen. I'm, I'm developing him as a bullpen arm. You know, if he wants to develop a couple more pitches to try and help himself out a little bit and make him a little bit more deadly out of the bullpen, the ability to go two or three innings, be more of a middle to long reliever than a closer setup, then that's great. You know, develop an extra pitch, develop more of a changeup than he has right now and, and go from there. But I just think because of the necessity within the corner organization for bullpen arms, 
more more reliable bullpen arms, I'd like to see him stick in the bullpen. So those are the numbers so far. And as I mentioned, the Glendale Desert Dogs do play tonight against Peoria over in Arizona Fall League. Um, so if you're able to, to find a way to catch that, um, we'll recommend. But also we've got two postseason games tonight, and they are going to be doozies because we've got a Game 5 of the American League Championship Series, a pivotal Game 5 and another pivotal game four in the National League Championship Series. Two big games tonight in the postseason, so if you're missing the Arizona Fall League games, I don't necessarily blame you because we got some big games tonight in the Major League Baseball playoffs. I'll give kind of an update, my thoughts on the last couple games that I've watched coming up in here in just a moment. But first, one more break. I'll tell you about two of our wonderful sponsors, two longtime sponsors, and the first is the best-tasting protein bar in the business. That's Built Bar. Built Bar has incredibly delicious flavors that you can order. Coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate. That's my favorite. Salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. If you haven't tried all these flavors, go ahead. Get yourself a mixed box where you get two of each of the nine flavors so you can't go wrong. These Built Bars are the best tasting around, but they're also still healthy. Check out the macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. All amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today. Get the double chocolate in honor of me. Get a mixed box to try them all. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. You can't go wrong when you're doing something that professional athletes eat as well. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15. That is L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, for a 15% discount off of your order with LOCKED15. Get yourself some Built Bars today. Bet Online is back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this upcoming season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus when you sign up by entering the promo code Locked on 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code locked on L O C K E D O N. Whether it's basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, or your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers at Bet Online for the 2021 season. Bet Online remains to be the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online is where the game starts. We will start in the American League, talking about the American League Championship Series between the Boston Red Sox and the Houston Astros, two teams that might not be very well liked across the country except in Boston and Houston, but they have provided us with some incredible baseball here to start or here to, to end the season. It's been an incredible championship series. Anytime you got a 2-2 series going into Game 5, you know you're going to have some great moments the Red Sox with all their grand slams in the first three games. The Houston Astros with the seven-run ninth inning yesterday. Eight runs in the final two innings with the Jose Altuve home run coming in the eighth. That was electric. It, it, whenever any crowd is silenced like Boston was last night, it's kind of jaw-dropping. Obviously, you know, if you're watching the Cardinal game, we might not want it to happen to them. But anytime a crowd like Boston is silenced, that, that, that takes some skill. Was there a missed call by Laz Diaz in the strike zone? Probably, maybe. Um, I'm not going to get into that. I'm just going to talk about the baseball game itself without getting into the umpires because um, at, at the end of the day, there were probably a dozen other things that went wrong for the Red Sox that resulted in not scoring more than two runs. Um, there, there was a gutsy move that, that, again, managers are judged off of the result. 
um, that, that in this in this case didn't pay off for Alex Corey. He brought in Nathan Evaldi to try to close out the game, and Nathan Evaldi allowed the runs to score. And now Nathan Evaldi is burned for at least a couple of days, at least one game with Chris Sale starting Game Five tonight in Boston. So if if Evaldi gets the job done and the Red Sox win and you have a chance to clinch today, then yeah, it might not be a huge deal that he's unavailable. But now you have a pivotal Game Five with Chris Sale starting on the mound and Nathan Evaldi, one of the top starters in Boston unavailable because he pitched yesterday so it, it it's all about results was it the right move at the time sure i didn't have a I, you know didn't have a huge problem with the move yes it was kind of eyebrow raising um and yes you know i criticized mike Schilt a couple weeks ago for not bringing in a dakota hudson or a jack flaherty bringing in alex reyes so i understand the the concept of going with your best and anthony Valdi might have been the best option but like i said this is a results-based business the results didn't work out so alex core is going to get some heat from it you know, and at the end of the day, if, if you can defend the choice, then you can defend it. Alex Cora was able to defend it. And I think that, you know, I, like I said, I understand the logic behind the move. And just like I just said as well, there was, you know, a big part that, that wished Mike Schultz would have made a similar move two weeks ago. Uh, but game five is tonight, uh, 4.08 Central Standard Time. Framber Valdez gets the ball for the Houston Astros. Chris Sale for the uh, Red Sox over the course of the season. During, according to MLB.com, Chris Sale 5-1, and one, a 3-1-6 ERA, 52 punch outs. Framber Valdez 11, excuse me, 11-6, a 3-1-4 ERA, 125 strikeouts. A 7-7 ERA, 1 ERA so far in the postseason for Valdez. And a 14-7-3 ERA for Chris Sale. A lot of runs, not a lot of innings for these two. So we'll see how that goes as the Red Sox and Astros try to take a Game 5 win. Game, you win Game 5, that, that's a huge momentum booster, especially if you're Houston because then you're able to go home and with a 3-2 lead. Didn't work out for them in 2019, but most times, more, more times than not, you're going to want a 3-2 a lead coming back home. To the National League Division Series, now Atlanta not announcing their starter yet. Dodgers going with Julio Urias, 20-3 during the regular season, a 2-9-6 ERA, 3-0-6 the ERA, or 3-6-0 the ERA in postseason play, 1-0 with 12 punch outs on the postseason in October. The eighth thing was magical for the Astros. It was also magical for the Dodgers yesterday as the Dodgers were able to score four runs in that bottom of the eighth inning, thanks in part to a Cody Bellinger home run um, to take a 6-5 lead. Kelly Jansen strikes out the side at the top of the ninth, and now we've got a series. And what was looking like it might be not a very close series, now the outlook completely changes. Jeff Snyder talked about this on Locked On Dodgers. Now you have a 2-1 series. It's a bullpen game for Atlanta that probably benefits the Dodgers. And a 20-game winner, somebody had a sub-3 ERA in the regular season, Julio Urias, with, despite being young, has some exceptional postseason experience, closing out the World Series a year ago, starting for the Dodgers. So now the advantage in Game 4, in my opinion, shifts to the Dodgers, and then you have a best-of-three series to close it out. Yes, the Braves have will have home field advantage in that quote-unquote three-game series, assuming the Dodgers win tonight, because the Braves will have the last two games at home if you go all if you end up going to the seventh game. But the outlook has completely shifted in that series. Game by game, these outlooks can shift, and it did shift indeed for the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Atlanta Braves yesterday. So it should be a good postseason, a good finish wrap-up to it. It's going to be intriguing to see who takes the advantage in each of these series because if the Braves win tonight, that is a huge momentum shifter to the Braves. Uh, yes, you're still going to have to beat LA in LA if you want to finish it in five, um, but it's going to be huge, and the Houston Astros can be 
thankful and the American League side that they have one more game remaining at home minimum, even if the Astros lose tonight. So tomorrow's episode, we're going to uh, kind of bring on the MLB insider clips uh, from Gordon Beckham. Um, they've been recording on Locked On Now and Locked On Today. Um, you've been seeing, probably seeing those on Twitter. We're going to bring those guys, bring them in, uh, bring those clips in, and I'll break those down as well as also other Cardinal news and updates. So that's going to do it for me today. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at LJ Fastball. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make your second listen, Locked On Mizzou, because if you, if you missed it, Locked On Mizzou got a pretty big commit yesterday, or University of Missouri got a pretty big football commit, and Locked On Mizzou, John Miller talked about that, and it was a great episode, so be sure to head over to Locked On Mizzou to listen to his breakdown there. Uh, follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and Twitter and Instagram as well, um, and be sure to join me again tomorrow talking more postseason baseball and talking more Cardinal baseball. And until I talk to you guys tomorrow, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.